want to tell you the story. There was at one point in a t-ball game, the coach called one of his uh, young players over and he asked, do you understand what cooperation is, what it means to be a team? And the, the little boy nodded and said he did. He said, uh, the coach said, do you understand uh, that what matters is whether we uh, play together as a team? It's not about any one individual. It's, it's whether we play together as a team. And the, the boy nodded. And he said, so, the coach goes on, he says, so, when a strike is called, or you're out at first, or, or, or you don't, uh, then, then you don't argue, you don't attack the umpire, you don't start yelling, you don't start cussing, uh, you, you, you understand all that? And the little boy said, yes. And the coach then said, good, now go over there and explain it to your mother. We could probably take the rest of the time this morning if I just ask you this one simple question. What makes you mad? You're just going to be thinking about that the rest of the day. Um, What makes you mad? We'd all probably answer that a little bit differently. Certainly things get under our skin, right? Certain things annoy us, get us worked up. Maybe it's not t-ball, but we've all been angry. We all get angry. Maybe you get mad when you get cut off in traffic. The term road rage officially entered the English dictionary in 1997. Before that, I guess everybody was all happy on the roads, but uh, in 1997, uh, we, uh, we coined the phrase road rage, and people get upset when they're behind the wheel. Um, some people uh, get angriest with the people that are closest to them. And so with a spouse or, or with their kids or, or another family member, uh, the, the most common calls to 911 I hear are, are domestic disputes. Uh, many things make us angry, usually when we, when we think we deserve better treatment. Uh, things should be different, and so we get mad. Uh, pandemics have a way of bringing out the ugly side of it. Maybe you haven't noticed that, I don't know, but maybe it, you know, things kind of get on our nerves maybe a little bit more. And, and, uh, and, and then the little things that would normally just be, now we're in the middle of all this and we, we react. And Today we're going to dig through the book of Proverbs again. Because it addresses this issue of anger quite a lot, actually. Uh, Believe it or not, there are wise ways and foolish ways to handle ourselves when we get mad. You probably already knew that because you've probably seen both. Uh, We all get mad, and and I think we need to be able to, uh, to admit that today. I know this is church, so we're not ever supposed to be angry, right? We're just supposed to, you know, stand around and hum a lot, maybe sing, sing a hymn or two. Uh, but, but, uh, and so, so a lot of times we think, well, getting mad isn't the Christian thing to do. But, but, but we all do it, uh, and, and, and it's not right that, that anger is, is automatically sinful. Everyone gets angry. We've all been born with the capability for anger. It's given to us by God. We just need to know how to use it. Or how to control it. Psalm 4.4 tells us, in your anger do not sin. So right there we've got the, there's anger, but then there's an anger that leads to sin. The anger itself isn't sinful. Uh, Ephesians 4.27 talks about that as well and goes on to say that we need to settle our anger in a timely manner. Uh, Don't go to bed angry, it says. Uh, Jesus got angry. I don't know if you've read the passage where where he uh, uh, got a whip and started, uh, you know, taken names, right, and uh, cleaned up some stuff around the temple. Uh, it wasn't exactly, excuse me, could you please leave? He was, he, was, uh, he was upset. And multiple times in Scripture we see that God is angry when people don't listen or obey. So it appears, as I look through Scripture, anger in and of itself is not sin. But, uh, but why we're angry, 
might be sinful and how we deal with or, or allow our anger to lead us, how we deal with that anger can lead us to sin as well. And so most of the references about anger in scripture uh, speak of it in, in negative terms. Uh, at best, it's, uh, it's seen as something we need to be cautious of and, and at worst, it leads us to awful things like bitterness and rage and violence and revenge and even murder. We see all of those throughout scripture. And there are, uh, uh, well, Proverbs talks uh, a whole lot about it, and so we're going to be looking uh, all through the book of Proverbs today. But I, I think Proverbs twenty nine eleven kind of summarizes everything that King Solomon has to say about anger. Proverbs twenty nine eleven sim- simply says this: Fools give vent to their rage, but wise people keep themselves under control. Fools give vent to their rage. Wise people keep themselves under control. In other words, wise people control their anger. It is foolish to let your anger control you. I guess there's the the money phrase for the whole day. We're going to keep coming back to that uh, throughout uh, the the next few minutes. Uh, Wise people control their anger. It's foolish to let anger control you. In spelling that out, we can, we can look at Proverbs, and it, and it addresses several different ways that we allow anger to control us. One way is that we can get angry too easily. We get angry too easily. Proverbs uses the term quick-tempered or easily angered. Uh, chapter 14, verse 17, a quick-tempered person does foolish things. 1429, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. 22, 24, and 25, uh, do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Maybe you've heard the story of the, the guy who came to work limping one day and one of his coworkers noticed that he was limping and asked him what was wrong and he said, oh, it's an old hockey injury. And his coworker said, oh, I didn't know you played hockey. He said, I, I, I didn't ever play hockey. Um, last year, I was uh, watching my team uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup finals and they lost and I put my foot through the TV and it acts up on occasion, he says. It's an old hockey injury. Quick-tempered. Are you quick-tempered? Do, do people have to walk on eggshells around you because they don't know what's going to set you off? The Bible says that that's foolish. It's a foolish way to handle our anger. The anger isn't necessarily uh, the bad thing, but how we handle it is the bad thing. It leads to all kinds of foolish things that we regret later. Old cartoon, uh, Beetle Bailey. You remember Beetle Bailey? Maybe they're still doing that. I don't know. Uh, Does anybody get the paper anymore? I used to only read the cartoon, the comics on Sunday mornings, right? Well, Beetle Bailey and Sarge, and they are always going at it. And uh, one one cartoon, uh, Beetle Bailey steals Sarge's candy bar. And and, um, so Sarge comes after him, and he immediately starts kicking Beetle Bailey in the seat of the pants and saying, did you take this? Did you take And finally, Beetle wears him down, and he says, okay, I took it. And he's, he's still kicking him in the seat of the pants and he says where where'd you put it where's my candy bar and he said I put it in my back pants pocket so he was anyway reacting in anger causes more problems than it solves we we think we're dealing with the issue when we react in anger right many times we're just making it worse uh American journalist years ago, Ambrose Bierce, said it this way, speak when you're angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. We will always regret it when we get angry too easily. Proverbs says, don't be quick-tempered. 
Proverbs also says another way that, that, that we, uh, we don't use our anger well is that we get angrier than we should. Uh, uh, Proverbs 29, 22, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. 15, 18, a hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. 19, 19, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you'll have to do it again. At 29.11, we read a minute ago, but fools give full vent to their rage. When Proverbs talks about foolish anger, most of the time uh, it uses the Hebrew word that, that uh, it, it, it can be translated anger, but it also has a connotation of heat and also the, the connotation of poison. And so it's a poisonous kind of emotion that gets us all hot under the collar and doesn't lead to anything good. Uh, I think Disney did a great job of depicting anger. We saw in that clip from Inside Out, uh, Red always blowing fire out of his head, this hot-tempered person. We get angrier than we should. This uh, spring and summer, maybe it's a maybe it's a thing. I've been uh, re Marvel superhero movies. I uh, still have a long way to go. It takes a while to watch those, but I've had fun kind of uh, seeing the plot lines that I missed and all sorts of things. It's been fun. But, but uh, one guy I, I hadn't really paid much attention to and don't really, uh, I don't know, I don't relate to him too much, but, but one guy is, uh, is the big green guy, right? The Incredible Hulk. And, uh, I mean, there's a guy with some anger issues, I think we could probably say, right? Uh, Bruce Banner is this genius physicist, but, but after a mishap, mishap with some gamma radiation, I mean, that's how, that's how all these things work, right? There's some kind of mishap in some lab somewhere, right? Well, uh, now whenever anybody upsets Dr. Banner, then he turns into that hulking green creature with superhuman capabilities, and in any of the movies that the Hulk is in, one thing that they're always dealing with at some point, part of the plot line has to do with either uh, how to keep the Hulk calm so he doesn't go off at the wrong time, or how to calm him down after he's gone off so he can turn back to normal and shrink back down. The Hulk is an example of someone who is hot-tempered. Uh, who is giving full vent to their rage. If you've ever seen any of those, those you see that, that, that it always leads to violence and destruction and even death and it never ends well. Now I'm assuming that none of you uh, turn green and develop superhuman capabilities when you get, ma- at, get mad. But I, I do know some people who act like monsters when they get mad, right? They get angrier than they should. I'm going to ask a question, and I'm assuming the answer is yes. Uh, have you ever flown off the handle or blown up, blown up at somebody? And uh, I would assume that for most of us, the answer is yes. How many times after you reflected on that later that you were glad that you did it? Most of the time, at least for me, every time I've done that, I always think back and I'm embarrassed about it, and I regret what I said or how I said it or what I, what I did. I'm not sure that it ever solves the issue and almost always makes things worse. That's because not only do we get uh, angry too quickly and we get angrier than we should, but the reason, uh, the problem is that anger always has consequences, and Proverbs tells us a lot about that too. When we're quick-tempered or hot-tempered, there are some real consequences. 29-22, a hot-tempered person commits many sins. 15-18, a hot-tempered person starts fights. So we've got sins, we've got fights. Uh, 17-1, it's better to have a dry crust with peace and quiet 
than a house full of feasting with strife. That, that conflict and that, oh, that, that happens when, when we're, uh, we're living with, with anger. Uh, Proverbs 15.1, a harsh word stirs up anger. Evangelist uh, years ago by the name of Billy Sunday. Maybe you've heard of Billy Sunday, but a lady come up, came up to him once uh, after one of his revival services and, and tried to rationalize her angry outbursts. And she described it, but she said, she said, there's nothing wrong with losing my temper. She said, I blow up and then it's all over. And Billy Sunday replied, well, so does a shotgun and look at the damage that it leaves behind. Marcus Aurelius, Roman Empire, uh, once said so many years ago, how much more grievous are the consequences of anger than the causes of it? Anger can lead very quickly to sin. It causes violence, quarrels, it breaks relationships, and it eats us up inside as well. Uh, Friedrich Buchner, a uh, Christian author and, and minister, once wrote this, of the seven deadly sins, anger is possibly the most fun. We could stop right there and just uh, turn the sermon completely different direction, right? Uh, it's probably the most fun to lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, to roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontations still to come, to savor the last toothsome morsel, both the pain you are given and the pain you're giving back. In many ways, it is a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself, the skeleton at the feast is you. Fun or not, anger causes damage because as Dr. Dan Boone writes, uh, anger is like acid in a plastic jug. It destroys its container first. Wise people, Proverbs says, wise people control their anger. It's foolish to let anger control you because we get angrier than we should and we get angry too easily and those things cause consequences and that's foolish. When, when Proverbs talks about fools or foolishness, uh, I, I told you uh, when we first started this series that, that you know, we think of foolishness and we just think of maybe ignorance or that's just dumb to do. Uh, Proverbs, though, has this connotation as it, its word for foolish has this connotation of sinful, too, that there's a, there's a sinful or a wicked or an evil element to it, that it's not just dumb to do, but that it's sinful to do. And, and then it also has this connotation of, uh, of immaturity, that... Um, that, uh, that, that anger, uh, or that, that anyone who's foolish is, uh, is immature. In applying that to anger, uh, I, I want us to think about a, uh, a baby. There's, uh, there's not a whole lot of nuance when we think about anger uh, and, and things that upset uh, a little baby. You've, you've, got, you've got this, uh, uh, you know, they're hungry or they're wet or they're hurt in some way, and uh, it can turn into a lot of anger really quickly, Right? Um, full-on tears, full-on screaming, and if they, if they get what they need, then it's all good again. But, but, uh, but it's, it's this zero to 160, right? Because ah, there's just no nuance to it, and I just rage, right? Babies are in an infantile state. Their ability to deal with anger has not been developed or regulated. It's, it's immature. People who haven't developed the ability to control their anger or deal with it are dealing with anger in an immature way. It's foolish. As one saying goes, command your temper lest it command you. Psychologist and author Dr. Henry Cloud puts it this way, an immature person asks life to meet their demands. 
the mature person meets the demands of life. So if I'm, if I'm uh, immature, then I just need my way and life needs to give me everything I want. And if not, I get mad about it. But, but uh, the mature person meets life, uh, the demands of life, uh, and, and goes at it that way, not demanding things for themselves. So if we get angry too, eat too quickly, and, or if we get too angry, it causes all sorts of problems. So that's the problem, I guess. We, we do that. What are we supposed to do with that? How should we respond when we get mad? Well, here's the thing, and, and from what I read, and even in talking with my, uh, my counselor wife, um, uh, anger is an emotion. It, it's a lot like uh, you've, you've got a dashboard, a light on a dashboard, and it's just telling you that something's wrong. It's, it's just warning. It's just saying, hey, there's, there's this thing going on. It's a signal that something is wrong. It's, it's an emotion. It's just a signal that something's wrong. And now, that something wrong could very well be something that you need to deal with. It could very well be injustice in the world, right? It, it could be sin or, or, or pain or, or problems that we need to fight against. It, it's good to be angry over evil and injustice. It, it, it's good to be upset over things that upset God. A uh, hundred years ago, author uh, Bede Jarrett wrote, The world needs anger. The world often continues to allow evil because it isn't angry enough. So sometimes we don't get angry. You know, this is the kind of anger that, that we see God using in Scripture. It's, it's what Jesus had when he cleansed the temple and, and wielded that whip around. Uh, sin in the temple system was what was wrong, and, and Jesus was angry about it, and he, and he acted out in anger. We should be angry when, when people and systems go against God and his principles. Uh, we need to let our anger burn against uh, uh, injustice. We need to let our anger burn against those who are trafficking people for profit. We need to be angry about injustice. We need to get mad when people are abused or, or mistreated. We, don't need to, we, we can't sweep evil under the carpet and let it go unchallenged. British statesman and philosopher Edmund Burke wrote years ago, and you've probably heard, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. We need to let our anger motivate us to action against evil. So when the light goes on and you're angry and we, we recognize, well, what am I angry about? Well, I'm angry about this injustice and this, this problem, and, and so I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to use that anger constructively to bring about good and to go against evil. But when anger signals us, it could very well be that the thing that is wrong isn't a noble cause at all. Instead, it's just my own selfishness and immaturity. Dr. Matthew Townsend uh, uh, says we need to ask ourselves if our anger is justified or if, it's, if I just want my own way. Am I, am I justified in this or do, do I just want what I want? Am I, am I mad that I'm not getting what I want? Uh, the American Psychological Association has on their website this, this quote, the underlying message of highly angry people is that things ought to go my way. And that is a foolish, immature way to deal with life. And most of the time that leads us to be quick-tempered or tempered and ends in all sorts of negative Consequences. So we need to evaluate our own anger by asking why. Why am I angry? That light goes off on the dashboard. Okay, I'm mad. I'm feeling mad. What am I mad about? Is it, is it that I need to stand up on the side of righteousness and justice for the cause of the oppressed and the powerless? 
Or is it that I didn't get quick service at the restaurant on Friday night? Uh, do, I, do I have holy anger over moral decay in our world? Or am I flying off the handle again because the dog went on the newly cleaned carpet? Here's a quote. The size of the person can be measured by the size of the thing that makes them angry. Let your anger signal you to ask why. So the light goes on on the dashboard. I'm angry. Why am I angry? Am I angry about something that I need to combat and that's, that's uh, an injustice in the world? Or am I angry uh, due to uh, selfishness that I need to? So, so I'm asking why and then I need to do something about it. Because here's another secret about anger. Maybe it's not secret, but I think a lot of us get tripped up here. Especially in the church, I think, because we have this negative connotation of anger, so then we suppress our anger. But suppressing anger can be just as destructive as giving full vent to it. So some people fly off the handle, other people stuff it, and it starts doing all sorts of things down inside when we don't do anything with it. Many people have the idea that all anger is wrong, and when they feel it, then, oh, i got to stuff that down and ignore it. And instead of asking why, we, we don't ask anything at all. We just ignore it. Well, that's, that must be wrong. I'm not going to even feel that, and I'm going to push it away. There are serious consequences that come from stuffing our anger. We, we hold on to bitterness. We harbor grudges. We, we pretend that all is well in a relationship, and that can bring emotional, psychological, and even physical problems. It can cause high blood pressure and sleeplessness and, and stomach problems and headaches and all the rest. The, the stress and anxiety of, of ignoring our anger is a problem. So when we're angry, we need to recognize it. We need to feel it, but then we need to use it well. Let it motivate action. Anger, anger shouldn't last forever. Either you realize it's unhealthy and you take steps to change your behavior or you realize that it's justified and you take steps to confront what needs to be changed. Ephesians 4 instructs us not to let the sun go down on our anger or else we'll be giving the devil a foothold in our lives. In other words, deal with things in a timely way instead of letting them fester inside. So many consequences can be avoided if we would let our anger motivate action instead of holding on to it indefinitely. Remember, wise people control their anger. It's foolish to let anger control you. And in suppressing it, it's still controlling us. So, so how do we control our anger? Proverbs tells us that too. It doesn't just highlight the problem. It tells us what the solution is. It's easier said than done, and it takes more than just, just learning behaviors. A lot of times, if you, if you would go to a, uh, an anger management class, they might teach you to, to breathe deeply or to count to 10 before you respond. or do all, And all those things are fine and, and good, but, but, uh, but the, the, the fundamental way to deal with these issues, Proverbs tells us, is that it's an issue of character development. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle ang- answer turns away wrath. 1911, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. 1012, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. 1518, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Those verses tell us that the answer to foolish anger are things like love and patience and gentleness, those aren't emotions. 
Those are character qualities, and those character qualities, we're told in Scripture, come straight from the Holy Spirit himself. They're part of the big list in Galatians chapter 5, right? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're, they're not emotions that come and go. They are traits that, are, that transform us as we allow the Spirit to change us from the inside out. He changes our character. That helps determine how we respond when things make us angry. Anger is an emotion. It's a signal that tells us something's wrong. God develops his holy character in us so that when, when we realize that something's wrong, we'll respond with his character, love, patience, gentleness. Dr. Dan Boone uh, wrote, a, wrote a great little book. Uh, he's a um, college president and uh, theologian, Church of the Nazarene. He wrote a great little book on the seven deadly sins. And at one point he refers to, obviously, one of the, uh, one of the seven deadly sins uh, is, uh, is wrath or anger. And uh, in that chapter he refers to a scene from the movie Forrest Gump. He says, Forrest Gump loved Jenny. From childhood, they were bound in friendship. Jenny's father abused her. She took her anger inward and almost destroyed her life. Drugs, alcohol, running, hiding, letting anyone use her body. She came to the brink of suicide, but Forrest loved her. One day, as a seeking adult, she returned home. She walked down the road to her old house, long since emptied by the death of her father, and the anger that she had turned inward suddenly erupted. Dr. Boone continues in his book, he says, God painfully watches our attempt to resolve our anger as we throw rocks at others or we stone ourselves. God stands ready at any moment to take us up in divine arms, recognize the pain done to us, receive the raw anger into himself, and redeem it for good. Anger is a signal that something is wrong. Unchecked, It causes significant damage to ourselves and to others. God wants to develop his character in us so that when anger comes, instead of reacting, we can respond. Respond with his love, with his patience, with his gentleness. As Proverbs tells us over and over again, wise people control their anger. It is foolish to let anger control you. Will you stand with me? Let's bow our heads and pray. The topic of anger it's real close one lot. And it probably takes more than 25 minutes of a speech constructive way. And so I pray, Lord, that, that you will continue to, uh, to, to hound us with the message of, of Proverbs on the issues of anger. Lord, there may be some here today who, who are struggling with, with getting quick-tempered and they just get, get angry too easily. Lord, I, I pray that you can bring your love and your gentleness and your patience and develop those things in their hearts. I pray for openness that we can be open to your spirit to develop those things within us. Lord, there, there may be some who, who just get too angry too often. Lord, I pray again character inside of us help us to see the the negative consequences that come when we allow our anger to control us 
Help us to recognize how we can open ourselves to your spirit to allow you to control us and to change us and, and to create your character within us so that we can respond in, uh, in, in, in constructive ways. Lord, there's so much in this world to, be, uh, to, to, to fight against. Things of, of evil and wickedness and injustice. And Lord, I pray that, that you would give us the courage to stand up against those things. That we could follow your leadership and still do it in a way of love and gentleness and patience. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to evaluate when the anger comes. And we know it will. That's how you've made us. That we can check and see what really is wrong. And that we can deal with those things responsibly, maturely, wisely. Lord, we thank you that, that you don't leave us alone, but that you walk uh, through this life with us and even within us. And so, Lord, I pray that as we go from here, that you will transform us and, and that we won't be people who are controlled by anger, but that we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the chance to be with you and with your people today. In Jesus' name we pray.